0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Wide Wonder's Get On The Bus Podcast, where we try extremely hard every day to think lightly of ourselves and a little more deeply of the world. Our mission here at Wide Wonder is to talk about addiction and mental injury stigma. Why? Stigma's everywhere. It's in policies. It's in doctor's offices. It's in individuals, even those suffering from addiction and mental illness. And it holds everything back. Holds back needle exchanges, even though for decades studies have repeatedly found that needle exchanges help prevent the spread of diseases such as HIV and hep C that can spread through used syringes while not increasing overall drug use. It holds back widespread adoption of addiction medicine, despite all the empirical evidence that it is effective. Medications are actually considered the gold standard of care for opioid addiction. Yet they're rejected because people addicted to drugs are still being blamed for their conditions. And sadly, the majority of treatment providers look at it as a crutch rather than an ally. This stigmatized lens is sadly responsible for the loss of life. Stigma also holds back context for how people end up becoming addicted. This is a conversation we need to have. We need to go upriver and find out while people are jumping in, not just pulling them out of the river. It holds back people understanding the difference between dependence and addiction. We're still confused about that. We see articles all the time that say babies are born addicted. It's just not true, folks. It holds back family healing, something very close to my heart. And finally, stigma holds back compassion and empathy, two of the most powerful ingredients needed to move people towards wholeness. So we had an event in Los Angeles, and during the question and answer audience participation segment, who I'm come to know as Sandra Kushner, LMFT uh, therapist, spoke out and told us about her idea for addressing stigma, and it's called Unify Los Angeles, which, as far as I know about it, we're gonna learn a lot more, offers affordable workshops led by wellness experts, therapists, coaches, and spiritual leaders. The foundation of this idea, as it popped up to me as I was looking at the website, seems to be about connection which is very much in alignment with our message at White Wonder. And really, thank goodness, a lot of people's messages are starting to come up. We're talking about connection, how important that is as far as overall healing. And a big goal at Unify LA is to get people to regard mental health like we do physical health, which is also very much in alignment with our message. Um, And a lot of people's messages, again, thank goodness. But it's even more than that. And so before I talk any more about Unify Los Angeles, let's meet... The person who helped create it, Sandra Kushner, thank you for being on the show.
1: Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. I love what you and your family are doing. It's so needed. And I'm currently sitting in this amazing (laughs) bus that you guys live in. And it's just so awesome that you are taking your vision and manifesting it and really spreading this message to destigmatize mental health all over America. So yeah, my name is Sandra Kushner. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I have been practicing for about seven and a half years. Okay. Uh, my practice is really built around young adults and I also specialize in addiction and recovery. And um, as I was building my private practice and really working with that population with with young adults and addicts as well, um, I started noticing a big theme coming up for a lot of my clients. And then at the same time, yeah, I went through a really you know, powerful shift in my own personal life. I went through a very traumatic breakup of a 12-year relationship, wow. which manifested in a friend breakup and really kind of redirected me in my own life. And during all of that, as my practice was growing and I was kind of going through these personal shifts, I started noticing that it's very, very difficult, especially in cities like Los Angeles, to find a good core group of people Mm. and a good core group of friends that you can really count on and be authentic with and transparent with. And so as I was diving into into the stuff with my clients and we were processing through their issues whether it was mood disorders addiction eating disorders relationship issues what we got to at the core of it was a feeling of being disconnected not only from themselves but also from the people in their lives yeah. and during that time i was kind of on like a spiritual growth <laughs> experience and getting into meditation and health and wellness and really making that a priority in my own life and started going to different studios around LA that um, offer meditation and different classes really did you
0: know you were doing research at this point
1: no <laughs> no I was just kind of like living your, my life my
0: own research yeah my
1: own research and yeah. I was honestly going to those things trying to seek new connection yeah. um, because I realized I need I need deeper relationships I need relationships that are based in values mm. that are similar not external similarities yeah And as I was going to those different things, I was getting a lot of value out of them, but I wasn't really forming any relationships or genuine connections. And throughout that process, you know, I'm a big um, fan and I incorporate a lot of Brené Brown's work into my therapeutic style. You know, I recognize like what we really need is connection. We need other people that are Not only um, different than us, but people that can truly sit across from us in a vulnerable experience and say, Mm. I understand me too. Mm. And this was all happening kind of when our culture was going through a lot of, you know, separation. There was the Me Too movement coming up and, you know, there was just a lot of like conflict happening.
0: A lot of polarity.
1: Yeah, a lot of polarities happening in our country in general at the same time that I was going through all this stuff. And something within me deep deep down was like there needs to be a space that brings people together and brings people together in a way that's authentic and genuine and offers them tangible education advice and tools that helps them become better in their lives in all ways and that's kind of how the idea for unify la was born i kind of have been sitting on it honestly for like two and a half years Mm -hmm. just kind of like thinking of what the concept would be and what it would look like. And this year, it just kind of like a fire ignited in me. And I was like, I need to do this. If I don't do this, somebody else is gonna do it. And I noticed there were a lot of people on Instagram and stuff starting to host different events. And I was like, okay, like people are starting to have these conversations about mental health and connection. And I feel like the pendulum swings both ways. And we as a society have been really disconnected for the last few years with technology and, you know, kind of ego stuck in our egos Mm. and showing off and, you know, creating this image of perfect lives and families and stuff. And I think now we're craving more authenticity. We're craving in-person experiences. And I was like, this is the time. We're right at we're right at the cusp of a change in our culture. And this is the time to start manifesting this vision and making it a reality
0: yeah it is perfect timing we wouldn't be doing it i don't think if you know if it wasn't something that was not only important to us individually because we're we are the temperature we are as individuals all experiencing some disconnect with self starting itself like why am i doing what am i what i'm doing why am i in the job i'm doing the relationship i'm in why am i in that how does life just happen and all of a sudden you say things like this is not who i am or it's not be um, it's almost like we got injected like another sort of much later existential crisis occurred mm-hmm. individually and as a culture like what the heck are we i mean we are super young right 200, 200 and some years old as a as a country trying to figure ourselves out it's like
1: yeah well, what really struck me, you know, like I mentioned, I really resonate with a lot of the research and work that Brene Brown does. Yeah, talk and about that. In her TED Talk, she she has a quote that says, we're the most in debt, addicted, over-medicated society to ever have existed. Yes. And it's kind of crazy, right? We have all the external material things that we need in order to have our basic needs met and to not be worried about survival. So why is it that we have so much suffering in our country still? Why is there so much addiction? Why is there so many mood disorders? Why is there so much obesity? And why are people going out and spending money on things that they don't need? And to me, it's there's an internal hole that's trying to be filled by external objects and the issue is we need to figure out and address what that ind- internal hole is yeah. and come back together and start having deeper level conversations because what we know from research is the most powerful antidote to depression to addiction to eating disorders to mood disorders is um is connection. Right. It's authenticity. It's being vulnerable. It's being seen for your authentic self and accepted. And that's also how we start breaking barriers between different cultural groups, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We know that when somebody has not had exposure, let's say to a gay man, they might have a lot of stigma and assumptions about that person. But if they spend three to five days actually getting to know them, all of a sudden their views and um, political even their political mm. perspective yeah. on gay marriage can drastically change. Yeah, we've because, seen that. Yeah, because yeah. the person becomes a human yeah. rather than this like hypothetical figure that we talk about. That's right. And honestly, I don't think we really are taught in our country how to genuinely connect with each other. When you go to other countries, I spent actually spent nine months traveling all around the world, and I spent... Um, You know, a few of those months in Europe and then in Asia, I went to Bali for a month and I was really observing like what is so different about these countries and they know how to just be, Mm. they know how to sit down at a coffee shop, put their cell phone away, turn their computer off and just sit there and look at the sun and observe and be mindful Mm. or they know how to sit there at a dinner table and have a conversation for four hours And you come back to America and that's completely been lost. We don't know how to do that anymore. And so I realized as a clinician, like this is a skill that we need to be taught again, because if we're not taught it, we're not going to learn it and we will continue to suffer.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I think it's, I love Johan Hari's talk. He he says the, you know, the cure for addiction is connection, right? Mm -hmm. So it's hard to, for people to process that, right? Because we are so steeped in our disconnection ourselves as a culture, because we, we were talking about this earlier about, we are really sort of socialized and as a part of our culture to be consumers and producers or producers and consumers. And then they, they morph into being the same thing. And before that, we're sort of learning who we are, but we, are we, or are we just learning how to become really good producers and consumers? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's, So it's a big animal is what I'm trying to say of what we're trying, you and I and others are trying to address, is this very well-oiled machine that says, we're not interested in what you think you are or who you think you are. We're going to just inject that into you and you will be a producer and a consumer. I don't care how you do it, but do it well.
1: It almost when you say that, I just think of a society of robots walking around, playing a role and wearing masks and not being who they truly are. And imagine how at a cognitive, like really deep level that causes so much pain and suffering in a person. You can't show up and do the things that you want to do, that your soul is meant to do in this world because there's expectations placed on you. By society and people that don't genuinely even know or care about you, of what you are supposed to be like. And one thing with Unified that I realized um, I really wanted to manifest is looking at the person as a whole person. So to me, mental health and breaking the stigma isn't just about addressing the mental health issues, it's about having a meaningful career, it's about having healthy nutrition, it's about having a deep spiritual practice and being connected to your purpose. And it's about raising your children in a way that's very mindful and teaches them those principles. And I feel like we throw so many surface level solutions on a problem that we don't yet fully understand. And for me, it was really important because you see this all the time as a therapist, like people come in to see you when they're at their rock bottom or they're getting close to it and they haven't come in ever before or they've been scared to or procrastinating it or not wanting to invest in in the process because it can be really expensive and that's a problem this Mm. needs to be something that is preventative it needs to be something that we do to like keep the machine well oiled and keep ourselves in check early on and for me you know if you look back on three years ago meditation was not a thing in our culture right? No one really meditated. And those who did, it was like a small little cohort that were kind of like new age and ahead of the times. (laughs) Same with yoga. No one really did yoga 18, 20 years ago. It's something that came into our culture and kind of slowly blew up and became mainstream. And right now we're at that cusp, I think, with mental health. And for me, Unify, it's so important to be a part of that change and make You know, personal development, personal growth, mental health, nutrition, career development, something that every American has access to and something that every American wants to go to, not because they're broken, but because they want to become a better version of themselves in all ways, like mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, as a parent. That's what's really important to me. And when we start doing that, when you start helping people reach their highest potential, you start breaking these cultural norms that we've created of robots, right? Just following standards that have been created by capitalism and by politicians and by an old system that no longer serves the world that we now live in.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, it's that we were talking earlier. It's like, to me, it's not lost on me that... It feels like as an individual, I was running on old software for a long time. I didn't, I did not evolve to the complexity as my life developed, right? There, there was no parallel process. The educational process was reading, writing, and arithmetic. It was, again, it was preparing me to go to college because you go to college, right? That's what we do, <laughs> it's still very much in the culture. It's changing though. That's also changing, which is exciting. We, there are lots of opportunity out there more than ever. And so we don't have to be so narrow and so fixed, but we are, and that's something we're working on individually as well as a society. But the other thing I wanted to talk about was this idea of health being about self-improvement in a sense of how that exists within the consumer and producing culture, Mm -hmm. right? Because you mentioned mindfulness or even meditation, that was very... It was rare, and then it just grew like crazy. And, you know, I'm reading all the time, and I'm seeing very clearly that its original intent was like emotional regulation, right, to be able to just sort of live in the 20th century, not necessarily used as a tool to get you ahead in the corporation, Mm -hmm. right? And so I think it's interesting how things like that, which at its core is now necessarily different as it's been commodified, it's been given a different sort of orientation. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, you know, part of that is a good thing because mm-hmm. yep. there's things in our country we won't be able to change. Like yeah. it's always going to be based in capitalism. Yeah. And the important thing is how do we incorporate these things into the society that we've created? Cause yeah. in ways it does work, right? Yeah. Like we have a very uh, prosperous country yeah based on these old ideologies. Mm-hmm. however, Gross
0: national product. <laughs>
1: exactly, exactly. <laughs> but, Measurement
0: metric. But it's yeah. time
1: to kind of redefine and change that Agreed. and make it more human yeah. instead of so industry-based. Yeah, isn't
0: it Bhutan that has the gross happiness quotient? They created a happiness minister
1: mm-hmm.
0: in Bhutan. I haven't
1: heard about that, Yeah, no. Yeah,
0: look it up. It's the gro- gross happiness product. Whereas we, Western culture and a lot of other cultures now, uh, it's the gross national product. It's how much are we producing? It's literally like one of the metrics. It's a God metric. Yeah. Right. And it's really, you know, the reason why we're in a lot of the uh, space we're in now is because that's what we've been chasing.
1: Yeah. We're chasing this like external, like kind of manifestation of what we believe is success. Right. And I will say Who's this,
0: selling that? Who's selling that? idea of what success is like you and i grew up and we didn't know that anyone was necessarily selling us anything i mean we did but we didn't when you're in it you don't see it unless you sort of step back and start to study it and wonder how you've been affected or how your kids are being affected but i find it fascinating where along the way was anybody ever explicit that said you know the goal here is how much you have Mm -hmm. like it's never that explicit right it's kind of hidden
1: yeah there's a i recently read a really interesting article and it was about um it was either it was about reagan i believe and how we've set up capitalism yeah. to to manifest as, yes, exactly yeah. that your health care your basic survival needs are contingent to your financial success right. and so i think there's so many different layers wow. to it yeah. but what i have noticed in the last few years with this like shift I think with all the divide that we've been having in the last like 3 to 5 years and yeah. like the me too movement coming up and you know Donald Trump being elected president and people like being shocked by all of that yeah. the good side of that is it's brought people together More than ever, yeah, more than ever, you are having conversations about mental health, racism, you know, separation, inequality. You're having women's circles popping up all over the country with women coming together. And I think it's slowly but surely changing our consciousness of things like this thing had to manifest for us to wake up and become aware of it. And what I'm noticing at an individual level with clients that come in is that, people are starting to challenge that, right? I have a lot of young adults that have reached those external levels of success. Like they're working professionals, they're working at like very prestigious startups, making good money. They have a great work-life balance and unlimited vacation. And they come into my office to see me feeling really unsatisfied, very lonely, discontent, kind of starting to question like, hold on, what was I sold? This Mm. isn't really my purpose. And I was told that all of these things would make me feel fulfilled and happy. And here I am. And I still feel like an empty shell of a human, despite the fact that I make $300,000 a year. And what's been so important to me is recognizing that and realizing we need to teach people how to understand themselves first, and then use that in a way to truly connect with people and choose careers and friendships and relationships that are based in who they are and who their true essence is. Their values, and like you their mentioned. You mentioned
0: that earlier. And I think that's a huge, huge component. Exactly. To have the values talk. All of my coaching is values based. I read a book called The Values Factor by a, a guy named uh, Dr. John DeMartini. And it's this cult classic book that's sort of in the netherworld. It's about finding your telos or your or your north, your true north. Yeah. And we teach an outside-in way in this country, not an inside-out way. Exactly. We don't go in. Uh, I believe the final frontier is inner space, not outer space. God forbid we go to another planet <laughs> and perpetuate all this toxicity just in some other solar system. It's, it's crazy. It's like, it's like that hope is in a geographic kind of thing. It's mm-hmm. like change your latitude, change your attitude. To some extent, yes. But to the extent of the hope we put behind just being somewhere else or just being with somewhere else, someone else or a different job. Again, all that external orientation. It's like we keep, what is the answer? Like, it's not working. You know, she's she's the better one and that's not working or this is the job with more money and that's not working or now I live on the beach and that's not working
1: well I think the most important part of that too is it doesn't have to be either or yeah right and I've seen this manifest in my own life like my parents are immigrants they immigrated here from Ukraine when the USSR collapsed Mm. so they experienced a lot of trauma they lost Mm. everything that they owned my dad was a very successful engineer and Um, You know, my grandpa was a psychiatrist in the government there and all of their money just was lost instantly. So when they immigrated here and um, raised us, there was a lot of pressure about stability and like going into something that would guarantee, you know, financial security and stuff. And, you know, in a lot of ways, my brother's a little older than me. He followed that, you know, became a fertility doctor, like makes a lot of money. And I felt for so many years pressured by that and Mm. those expectations, not only in my family, but also like growing up where I grew up, which was in Utah, where there is, you know, a lot of like pressure society wise to conform and be a certain way and what success is. And throughout these last five years, as I've kind of gone on this spiritual and personal journey, I realized like you actually can be more successful when you reject those paradigms and you truly follow your value system and your inner compass and your soul's purpose because it will mean so much to you that work won't feel like work.
0: But it feels like when you do that, that sacrifice as you're describing, it makes me think like, but then I'll be all alone. You know what I mean? Like It feels like it's counterintuitive in the sense that if I follow all that stuff because nobody else is, I'll be completely alone over here, right? Like that process seems like a lonely trip. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: The reason that I feel like we can challenge that a little yes, bit is, do. is vulnerability. Okay. So doing that is extremely vulnerable, right? It's rejecting. And courageous. And she courageous. talks about
0: courage too, yes. right? Courage and vulnerability. Yeah. It's, it's both. Yeah.
1: It's very scary to say, you know, I put all of this work into becoming a doctor But you know what, deep down in my core as a human, this doesn't align with what I want and what I feel like I can truly manifest and contribute. And I need to be true to myself and not true to like the expectations of everyone around me. But as Brené Brown says, vulnerability is life's greatest filter system. Mm. So when you do that, yes, you will lose a lot of your connections. Mm. There will be a lot of people in your life that judge you and reject you and don't want to be associated with you anymore and it can feel lonely Mm. but it is also like i what's the thing a strainer Mm. right yeah the people who are truly there because they genuinely love you not for your status or your wealth or any of those external things they will stick around yeah and those are the people that you want in your life and there's probably going to be one two or three of those people it's not going to be all those people yeah. that were there when you were living in ego and meeting other people's expectations and doing what society told you to do. Yeah. And the biggest thing that I see with my clients and what I want to battle with unify is people don't even know what they truly want within themselves because we're not taught that. Right. We're no, not we're taught not. how to know no. our needs.
0: No, no, we're not. But people will tell you what their needs are. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. People are, who already know what their needs are in an emotional sort of way, they'll say, you know, I need you to be this way. Or I remember in my, in my story, in my own uh, struggle with a drug of solution is what I call it, is nobody wanted to talk about what was going on behind the behavior and symptoms. They were strictly interested in me. St- their need was for me to stop doing what I was doing. But they they couldn't draw the connection as to why I was driven to that drug of solution in the first place. Like why did I fall in love with cocaine and vodka? Why was that the the, the relationship of my life? Right? Because mm-hmm. it's working on the same part of the brain as that girl that I want to. You know, it's all it's all happening in there, and I'm feeling like it's I can't let it go. Like good luck getting in, away from me because it was so compelling. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that thing we were talking about earlier that sales package that we're sort of given and it starts in family systems where the injected values and not in a negative way just in a sort of natural way right like back in the day if your last name was farmer it's like i'm sorry jimmy but you're going to be a farmer (laughs) you know what i mean or the bakers and you're a baker was this intergenerational sort of this is how we do it and then we get to this point where that all blows up right where it's like no that's not how we do it anymore but i'm still going to say my value is that you get an education you must go to college. You have to do that. You need to do that, all that stuff. And it's like, but that kid may be like, no, but that's not what I need. It's not what I want. Right? One kid, maybe. But another kid, no. But I will work on that kid until he accepts my need mm-hmm. of you or my high value, my high value. Whereas we could be teaching that family system or that individual your value system and then share that with people
1: and that is such an important thing to teach and to really understand and integrate because in my opinion we have a cohort of individuals in this country who are chronically dissatisfied and In living in a lot of cognitive dissonance. And for those of you that don't know what cognitive dissonance is, that's when your true essence, your values don't align with how you're showing up in your life. So, for instance, if you value trust and honesty and being humble, but you're out kind of like, you know, being a lawyer and lying to people and. You're not being humble and you're, yeah. you're not acting in a way that's congruent to those deep core values. You're going to live in chronic discomfort and cognitive dissonance, yeah. which is going to manifest. It's going to be
0: painful. We yeah. can just call it what it is. It's pain. It's extremely it's seriously big time pain.
1: And you want to numb it, whether that's Absolutely. through eating or shopping or through, oh my gosh. you know, drinking, whatever Porn,
0: that is. You're sitting there on the front of your computer. You live alone. You're isolated. You've just worked 18 hours. And you need some relief. This is not working for me. This is a, I, I think when you say cognitive dissonance, I think of extreme friction. Yeah. Like this, this grinding, like the grind. We actually call it a grind, don't we? Socially, it's like, it's the grind. I'm in the grind. I'm working at a job I don't like. I'm like, it's just a grind. And it makes sense. That's cognitive dissonance, right?
1: Yeah, totally. Grinding
0: and, and grinding away. It's like, and that's oh, what
1: we're creating. Totally. And that's what we need to combat and battle. Yeah, yeah. And it's so much more than just, you know, changing our conversations about mental health. It's changing what we teach and how we what we value and yeah. stuff. And I think I mentioned this to you Um, in both of our previous conversations, but it's been really interesting with Unify because when I explain what it is and the concept to people, everyone's really, really excited about it and they see a lot of value in it because they're like, holy cow, how has no one thought of something like this before? Like, it seems like such a straightforward and like aha concept, right? But no one really feels comfortable signing up to the workshops. And I've been kind of sitting there like this is really interesting because this is the manifestation of the fear and the stigma of going there, right? Yeah. So when you go to a meditation class or you go to, you know, a past life regression, which has become a little bit more, at least in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. accepted and normal, Yeah you get to talk about somebody else, right? You can say what your problems are and you can be vulnerable and you can address like your true essence, but you're talking about this hypothetical past life figure that mm. you you yes. saw in your aggression exercise, right. not fully about yourself. And the disconnect I think comes from people are still re- really scared to own their true essence, yeah. to even like look at it and step into it. And that's been really interesting as kind of I'm spreading my brand and teaching people about what Unify is to notice that and how afraid people are, despite the fact that at a really deep core level, they know that they need something.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And Unify is such a great word. I love that. I resonate with that word because I think we're fragmented in most of our systems. And it's the reason why there are consultants who are paid a lot of money to go into corporations and defragment. and and improve interpersonal communication because the success of that organism organism is really, it's important that it knows how to communicate, Mm -hmm. that it knows what it is, that it's on mission, that it's on brand, that it's all those things. And then you think about how fragmented we are as individuals because I'm in a job I don't wanna be in, I'm in a relationship I don't wanna be in, and it's not working and I I don't know how to do this. I feel like my vulnerability is that I'm totally terrified. I'm terrified. So that terror sort of keeps you stuck in that place for a very long time. So to me, it's like, how do you and I figure out how to break through that terror of just saying, I'm terrified or I'm afraid? How do I download that so that it feels authentic? So I'm not talking about the person in the past. I'm not talking about the past life regression. I'm not even talking about me as a child. I'm talking about me right now, that I am terrified. Yeah. That this is my life. That this is how it's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness.
1: So there's so many layers to what you just yeah. said. And we really consciously chose the name Unify. Yeah. Because what it means is you and becoming your highest self. Yes. And reaching your personal highest potential. And then Unify stands for in that find the right connections. So you really Beautiful. can't find the right people. You really can't find that tribe of support that's going to get you to where you need to be emotionally spiritually physically until you first manifest that within yourself so you
0: become the attractant
1: you become the attractant and i think the way that that's a
0: different orientation isn't it
1: right and the way that we start and the way that we start kind of cultivating that to answer your question is we embody it right like you lead by example and i've i've noticed that in my own life that when I stopped living so much in my ego and started living more authentically to myself, I manifested the right friendships. I manifested, you know, the right opportunities and things kind of like started to be more in alignment for me, but I, that's how we change it. Right. Is we, we start showing up in the way that, needs to be seen by other people. And then they they feel that. Brene Brown says authenticity invites authenticity. Yes. So if you are genuine and you know who you are and you're living in alignment and you're authentic and you're owning that you might have anxiety or depression and that you coped with it in a bad way in the past, you create space for somebody else to do that. And then they get to create space for somebody else to do that. And it's a ripple effect. Yeah. We st- slowly start affecting change in that way. And that's why it's so important to me to to do what I'm doing with Unify, because my hope is to be able to bring people together that are different, right? Different social economic statuses, different genders, mm. different races, different family backgrounds, and have them be able to have these conversations in a in a space that feels safe mm. and normal, not not like a therapy clinic or not a school or anything right. like that. Where they can start being a little bit more authentic because that's going to come out in their personal lives. When they leave that workshop, they're going to leave feeling a little bit more in tune with themselves. And they're going to show up a little bit differently at work or in their relationship or with their children or at school. And then that's going to affect the people around them. And our long term vision is to make this a norm in our culture. You know, that you go to workshops, that you go to personal development classes, just like you go to the gym or yoga Mm -hmm. class or meditation, that it's something that you do as part of your self-care and maintenance routine, just like brushing your teeth or taking a shower in the morning, because that's how it should be.
0: So talk a little bit about, I was reading something last night, an article uh, on Medium. They have a great whole section within their their, uh, their model called elemental, which is all about behavioral health. And it's really a great collection of writers. I think you would love it. And this woman was talking about how self-care is not healthcare. What what comes up for you when, when somebody, cause it really resonated with me because I think the self-care movement has been around for a long time, obviously. Mm. And it's a huge business, but how is self-care the same different or both? How are they, Self-care, talk a little bit about that.
1: I think they go hand in hand. Okay. I don't know if they're different because yeah. your self-care, your wellness routine, your spiritual practice, all of those things directly impact your health. Yeah. I, I don't know if you're familiar with the recent study that happened at Harvard about lifespan.
0: Yes, okay. I did. Okay. Yes. So for those, Very fascinating. Yeah. So for yeah. those
1: that don't know, Harvard recently did a research study where they found that um, the thing that determines your lifespan is not how healthy you are, it's not how much you exercise, it's about the quality of your relationships and how connected you feel. So when people don't have a purpose and don't have meaningful relationships in their life, they give up hope. And that's essentially, if you've read Man's Search for Meaning Mm -hmm. by Viktor Frankl, that's also the core of that book, right? He, being in the Holocaust, observed that people who gave up Hope and became disconnected for, and didn't know and gave up that their families might be alive. They perished and passed away and got sick way more yeah. than people who had purpose and meaning and held on to that throughout that experience. And so I don't think self care and health care are two separate things. I think they go really hand in hand. Yeah. And I've noticed that in my own life in my manifestation, I had a lot of health problems and a lot of um, hormonal imbalances. Mm-hmm. When I started incorporating meditation and reading and journaling and a spiritual practice into my life, my health symptoms began to improve. I stopped craving sugar. I stopped, you know, binge eating at night. My skin cleared up because it I was becoming more regulated within myself. Yeah. And the more and more I l- began living in alignment to my true self and stopped people pleasing and started making decisions you know, that are more authentic to my value system, the less stress I felt and the less anxiety I felt. And obviously those things contribute to a lot of health problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it they're so hand in hand.
0: Yeah. For sure. I feel like I feel like for a long time self care was more isolated than it is now. I feel like again, like what you just spoke about that I heard you talk about was integration. Mm-hmm right? And people talk about balance. And I think, nah, I don't think it's really about balance. I think it's about integration because balance necessarily, if we were to get total balance, we wouldn't be experiencing any joy. We wouldn't be experiencing opposites or both and, right? It would just be sort of flatline. That's the way I sort of imagine balance. So the integration is more achievable. It's less perfectionistic in the idea of one reflecting the other. I know I'm out of balance and need to get into balance because those two exist at the same
1: time, right? Yeah.
0: So the idea is this idea of self-care and healthcare, because I feel like that's kind of what you're doing. I feel like the unification is bringing those two together and integrating them so, so that I think they're more powerful together mm-hmm. and defined as one as they have been apart. Because it was like kind of like, if you have a problem, just read Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, and everything will be fine. But is that necessarily true? Right. Because, because know what's missing. I just thought of this connection. If maybe you read that book with other people, right. That might've been way more effective than if you're reading it by yourself or listening to it on headphones. Does that make sense?
1: No, totally. And that's really with unify what we want to battle too. Yeah. Because what I mentioned earlier, that chronic dissatisfaction that a lot of Americans live with. So even if one area of your life improves, usually you start becoming dissatisfied in another area. So let's say you finally manifest the relationship of your dreams and stuff, and then you're happy in that, but all of a sudden you start hyper-focusing on your weight and you're unsatisfied with what you look like because you feel like your body has changed now that you're in a relationship. Right, you don't want them to
0: reject you. Exactly. So you
1: <laughs> Exactly. Or you start Or
0: they just yeah.
1: Or you start feeling dissatisfied in your career because yes. all of a sudden you don't have as much free time and you feel like your boss is on your ass about that. And I really realize like it's it's the whole person and it's all aspects of a person's life. And unless you're like a millionaire or a billionaire, most people can't afford a life coach an executive coach, a therapist, a nutritionist, you know, 0.01% of the population can afford that, you know, to come work with me in private practice is expensive. It's 120 an hour. I don't think everyone in the world can afford that. Like there's a small group of people that can make that happen. But the clients that I do see most of the time, They also need an executive coach or they need, you know, a spiritual guide to like help them become more connected in that way. And they also, you know, are eating really unhealthy and drinking a lot and would benefit from a nutritionist. But it's just not realistic for a lot of people financially or time wise to get all those needs met. And so the unification of what you're talking about and why I wanted to make unify something that offers people all of those things is because I feel like we deserve that. That's a basic right as a human is to, you know, have access to information that helps you uplevel your career, your relationships, your health, your parenting. Mm -hmm. Those are things that shouldn't be. So hard to access unless you are in a certain financial bracket. Right. And there's a lot of things that have been popping up, like retreats and stuff like that, that offer people immersive experiences where they go for like a week or they go for a month and they go to Bali and they learn about nutrition and, you know, mental health and wellness and all of that but it's an immersive experience and they come back into life and it it disintegrates and it also costs like $20,000, which is just like so unfair. And I, that's where I was like, how do we bring that to more people and make it affordable? So it was really important to me to price the workshops, at a at a rate where anyone could afford it. Just like going to a yoga works class or a soul cycle class, right. it's $30 and yeah. you have access to a nutritionist, a life coach, a therapist, you know, you have well-rounded support in whatever areas you need and you can customize that. You can go to whatever workshop you need for you.
0: Yeah, and what, I, what I'm what i hearing you saying is that <clears throat> we've been taught to be more specific or targeted as opposed to holistic, right? So if I have a problem, that's the, that's the problem. We don't necessarily see how it's linked, mind, body, relationship, and environment, right? It's like, so I'm gonna focus on that piece and not think that the pathology in any other piece is not going to be like I'm not I'm in different water like I can compartmentalize all that stuff. We think like that, don't we? Aren't we don't haven't we been sort of ch- trained to think compartmentally mm-hmm. in terms of our problems? Totally. So how do we get people to think holistically? How do we get people to take the blinders off so they look right and they look left and they look wholly? That's that's kind of a big challenge, isn't that part of your challenge at Unify? Huge
1: challenge, yeah. yeah. But I went to a training or a workshop recently, actually at Unplug in Santa Monica, and it was about um, it was a nutrition a nutritionist hosting the workshop, and she talked all about the diet culture and how mm. we have such pressure to look a certain way and like be a certain way, and she's like questioned it, like why, for who, for other people, who says? For ourselves, yeah. for Instagram. And she brought up a really good point. And she was like, how you treat your pot body and how you eat directly impacts how you show up. And if you're, you know, malnourished and you're eating unhealthy or you're drinking too much caffeine, you can't really show up to meet your life purpose. You can't really show up as your highest self in your job or in your relationships because you're going to be fatigued or you're going to be jittery yeah. or, you know, you're not you're not really like being the best version of you
0: yeah a car doesn't run well on one tire
1: exactly you
0: need to put the pressure you need to fill the air in all the tires yeah right
1: and she was like what if we change the conversation to like what you look like to how you're treating your body is how you're able to really show up in your life so that's okay. something that's really important to me um to help people understand is like all of these things go hand in hand and go together yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah.
0: <laughs> real life happening, folks. Yeah, real life. <laughs> this is real life. We're talking about real life. Yeah, I mean, I, I think what I love and think I'm so grateful that you spoke up and that you introduced yourself. Because I believe this is the movement, this is the direction that will start to invite more people into the process Mm -hmm. so that we can, again, expand this conversation through connection. Because if we actually create and hold the space for people to come in and feel like it's safe, which you've mentioned, um, a safe space, that's really important. You know that as a therapist, uh, how important creating trust and rapport is um, so that people feel like they can be courageous, hence vulnerable, hence we're starting the healing process. Yeah.
1: And I do want to mention one thing, yeah. like on uh, in all of this, we have a lot of conversations about destigmatizing mental health yeah. and talking about the problems, but our culture is very capi- capitalistic and image-based. And I think that that isn't really reaching that many people because yeah. people don't want to be perceived as broken or having problems still. So with Unify, our mission isn't to like help you when you're broken. It's to help you continue growing and it's personal development and it's growth. And it's not something that's supposed to be negative. This is supposed to be something that is a positive aspect of your life. And, you know, for me, I realized very quickly, like the way to make mental health not stigmatized is to make it trendy mm-hmm. it's to yeah. make it something that the cool girls on instagram are doing and it's to influencers make it, influencers yep. are doing and to make it something that you know is normal and is cool mm-hmm. and like think of it like coachella for personal development and that's so, a reframe
0: we were talking about reframing that's awesome
1: exactly and like everyone should have access to that and for me, I with Unify it's more than just creating a safe space. I wanna create a fun space. I yes. wanna create a space that people go to and like they, Hallelujah. Yeah. They wanna they wanna take a snapchat of themselves there because it's a really, you know, beautiful space. This and isn't supposed
0: cool. to be super heavy and it's supposed to be I like the idea also, and you bring you, you made me think of something. I'm sorry to interrupt. I just thought like, this is about not rebranding because branding's become a big thing just for individuals, yeah. right? Personal branding is this big thing. I like the idea of reframing because branding also can be someone else's idea, mm-hmm. right? If I'm learning to brand, I'm trying to figure out to copy who's already got a successful brand. But is that a, just another level of not being me? Do you know what I mean? And that happens, you know, this happens in social media. People, are they being themselves? I don't know. I think there's a question there, right? Are we being authentic? Are we just presenting our best fake self?
1: Yeah, yeah. No, that's so
0: true. Right. That's so true. I I love. I want to have fun doing this. Yeah, I want to
1: have fun. Like it should be fun. Like learning about relationships and career and sex and you know healthy eating and
0: all of those things. These aren't taboo things. They shouldn't be taboo. They should. Right. This is about like having ultimately having a good time, having an authentic time, having a Having real conversations, having freedom and
1: connections. Yes, yes. To
0: be free of what seems like we live in the society. It's like we're a free society, but are we? I mean, that's a bigger conversation. But if eighty percent of people say are feeling like they're in the wrong place, that's not freedom. Mm-mm. So unification, freedom, this idea of connecting with other people who want to get excited about life because they're because they're living their their truth, their true essence. Oh my gosh, the freedom in that is like, and it's been a long road. You had your, your transition experience through great pain came this great idea and this great sort of second birth or new catharsis, new world. I mean, that's, that's what I want people to get excited about. I work in the addiction space and it's so heavy because what we lead with in the news is a body count. And I'm like, I get that. I'm, I'm doing what I'm doing to honor those people and the grief that still exists and the people left behind. But at the same time, this is an amazing opportunity. And let's talk about that with really positive energy. Mm -hmm. Like this is the opportunity of a lifetime. You being here or you being somebody being in your office is like an incredible opportunity. It's like, oh, let's take advantage of that.
1: Transformation comes from like the darkest moments of our lives and pain. And to me... It's the polarity of life, right? Like in life, there is death and death. There is life. There is black. There is white. There is good. There is bad. And we often like as Americans, especially are seeking out happiness so much that we forget to really appreciate the darker times in our life and how transformational they can be. And, and not to say like, I don't think, you know, Unify is going to have space for that as well. Like that needs to have space for things like that as well. But I think the way to make people more comfortable with it is to make it at first more of a positive thing, you know, and it's been very interesting being the founder of this and like, you know, having these conversations and just like seeing the paradox that exists in this country. Mm. There's so much, there's so much paradox in it. And it's, it's been really challenging, but in that challenge, I found more motivation than ever to do it. And like my mission with Unify is to make this big, like I want it to be the soul cycle or the yoga works or the dry bar of mental health and wellness and personal development. My mission is to Mm -hmm. bring it to big cities and make it something that people know what it is just off the name they're like oh are you going to this are you going to that because i feel like we deserve that space as a society as a country
0: yeah yeah i believe and you said something really important and we're gonna we're gonna close this out but i think one of the things you said that was really important that stood out for me and continues and has for a long time is this idea of this man-made concept of somebody being broken on any level you know because that's again how we sort of organize things Right? You work or you don't work. You're broken or you're fixed or whatever, those paradigms. And I love the idea of being able to go to a space where no one is broken. There's no separation. There's no separation. You are not broken and need to be fixed. You may be wounded and need to be healed, but that's part of the human process. So just let's treat it like, you know, I was thinking the other day, when somebody breaks an arm, they get the cast, remember? And everybody wants to sign the cast, and so I thought of the contrast of the kid who had a physical ailment or a physical injury. And then somewhere in the background is a kid with a mental injury. Nobody wants to sign his brain. There's no, there's no compassion. There's no empathy. In fact, there's probably no knowledge. Mm-hmm. And so the idea of trying to build this equanimity around that the part of the human story and the human experience has always been something needing to be transformed.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And as you say that, just to like, kind of give my closing thoughts yeah. on all of it, yeah. you know, my mission is to help people live more in alignment with their soul. Yeah. Because if you, anyone um, that's listening to this or you yourself know about spiritual practice, yeah. when you're living, when you're living in your ego, it's separation. It's trying to show that you're better than, or you're different, or you're wealthier, or you're, you're not acknowledging your humanity and you're not acknowledging our, you know, energetic connection to, all human humankind. And the more that we do that here in America, which is a very ego based country, <laughs> yeah. we, capitalism sets you up to compete, right? Like who has the biggest house on the block, who has the most followers on Instagram, who has the most expensive purse in your group of friends, right? We are we are like literally wired and socialized to be living in ego and thinking that that's what brings us meaning and value. And with unify, I really want to break that. I want to shatter it and just bring people into their soul and into genuine, true connection that no matter how much money you have, no matter what the color of your skin is, no matter what you've been through, like you are human and I am a human and we are equally valuable. And those things like I love designer purses. I'm a girly girl. I like nice things, but that does not make me. as doesn't define better. you. Yeah. It doesn't make me any better than yeah. anybody else. Yeah. If I have those things or if I don't have those things yeah. and with unified to me, that's how we start coming back together. It's having someone, you know, that grew up in Compton in poverty and, you know, had a, had a really traumatic experience in childhood, sit in a room with someone that grew up in Brentwood and like had privilege and also maybe had abuse or something happen in their family. And for those two people, for even an hour or even for a moment to just look at each other and be like, I understand what yeah. it felt like to be scared. Yeah. I get that. And I was scared too, maybe in different ways, but in at the core, you're just people in that yeah. moment. Yeah. Take it all apart.
0: Love so, that love that yeah so well thank you for coming and getting on the bus thank you for having me on the bus it's been amazing and i knew it was going to be i i had the expectation but i knew based on what i'd read about unify and and how you presented yourself and and at when we first met that i was excited about doing this conversation because i cannot wait to see where you go thank you i'm so excited because you are no doubt living in your high values you are resonating. You are not grinding. <laughs> you are. <laughs> Sometimes I Yeah, there's moments, moments I grind. let be yeah. honest, there are always moments. But that bigger sort of picture <laughs> purpose piece seems to be in place and you're gliding. You're not grinding anymore. And that's a real important lesson and story for people to hear because it's totally possible. And we'll keep presenting that message that this is about hope. This is about everyone having the opportunity to belong in the process of transformation. Nobody gets excluded. And so we're going to keep doing that. And I look forward to seeing what you do next. I cannot wait. So thank thank you you for being here.
1: Thank you so much for having me. And I love what you and your family are doing.
0: Thank you. Thank you again, Sandra Kushner, for your courage, your vulnerability, and your desire to address mental health and addiction stigma. Everyone, please go to the Unify LA website It's unifylosangeles.com and I'm sure they have a Facebook page as well and go there and and give some feedback. Let's help Sandra move this along. That would be really, really great. Also last but certainly not least, please leave me an iTunes review about this podcast. And very importantly, I'd also like to thank our sponsor, Eating Recovery Center, who provides the very best care to patients, families, and providers of care in the treatment of and recovery from eating disorders and related conditions like mood disorders, anxiety, depression, etc. And again, I thank you to all of you who listen and join us in our quest to end stigma. Zero stigma, everybody. Remember to follow Wide Wonder also on the web at widewonder.life as well as Facebook and Instagram and YouTube. Until next time, I'll leave you with my favorite Chinese proverb. If you want happiness for an hour, take a nap. If you want happiness for a day, go fishing. If you want happiness for a year, inherit a fortune. If you want happiness for a lifetime, just help somebody.